This is the B&J Podcast. Parents, don't let your children listen to this fucking filth. Fucking filth. Fucking filth. Fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the school, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose, and I'm quick. Cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money move. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now, speak, that means I don't fuck with you. I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves. Now she say, she gon' do what a who? Let's find out and see. Cardi B, you know where I'm at, you know where I be. You in the club, just to party, I'm there, I get paid a fee. I be in and out them bank so much, I know they tired of me. Honestly, don't give a fuck about who in front of me Drop two mixtapes in six months, what bitch working as hard as me? I don't bother with these hoes, don't let these hoes bother me They see pictures, they say ghosts, bitch I'm who they tryna be Look, I might just chill in some babe, I might just chill with your boo I might just spill on your babe, my pussy feel like a lake He wanna swim with his face, I'm like okay I let him get what he want, he buy me Issa Laurent And the new rib, when it go fast as a horse, I got the truck the front. I'm the hottest in the street, know you probably heard of me Got a bag and fix my teeth, hope you hoes know it ain't cheap And I pay my mama bills, I ain't got no time to chill Think these hoes be mad at me, they baby father wanna build Say little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes Hit the school, I can get them both, I don't wanna choose And I'm quick, cut a nigga off so don't get comfortable, look I don't dance now, I make money moves Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now and speak, that means I don't fuck with you I'm a boss, you a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves If you a pussy, you get popped You a goofy, you a op Don't you come around my way You can't hang around my block And I just check my account Turns out I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich I put my hand above my hip I bet you dip, he dip, she dip I say, I get the money and go This shit is hot like a stove My pussy glitter is gold Tell that little bitch play her role I just a rope and a rose I just came up in a rave I need to fill up the tank No, I need to fill up the safe I need to let all these hoes know That none of their niggas is safe I go to dinner and steak Only the real can relate I used to live in the peace Now it's a crib with a gate Rolly got charms, a life lost the place Hard to let these bitches know Just in case these hoes forgot Wanna check the mail, another check from all the that little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes Hit the school, I can get them both, I don't wanna choose And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move If I see you now and speak, that means I don't fuck with you I'm a boss who a worker, bitch, I make bloody moves Welcome to the B&J Podcast, I am Jay I'm B And we just heard Cardi B with a Bodak Yellow <laughs> My jam of the summer um, That gets my booty moving Don't judge 
I am that simple now. I'm now a basic gay. I mean, now? Fuck off. <laughs> so we have some things to talk about. We have some things to unspool. Uh, even though the uh, episode, our return episode, um, number 80, uh, was published last week, we actually recorded that, I think, three weeks ago. It was whenever, it was at the beginning of the NLCS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I had gone to the game one, uh, which the Dodgers had. That's won. right. You were on your way to that. And it was, ve- it was very amazing. Um, it was, yeah, it was right before you were, it was, it was right before game one because you were going, yeah. you were leaving from Hulu to go to there. Yeah. And so now, oh, we're, we're recording this in the comfort of my manse. Um, which is, uh, we did one before here. Yeah. And I think at that time I remarked, as I will again, that this place resembles nothing so much as a prison complex. Yeah. Like, hey, I get what I pay for and I don't pay very much. Yeah. And that's a reason I am staying here until they tear the fucking building down. You can take the, you can take the boy out of Korea, but you can't take the Korean out of the boy. No, well, <laughs> there's not much of Korea to put in me. Um, anyhow, uh, so. Yeah, that last episode was at the beginning of the NLCS, which the Dodgers uh, breezed through, uh, defeating the Cubs in a resounding manner. Then the World Series happened. And we're going to pretend like it didn't occur. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so a lot of people have been saying that that was the best World Series ever, that blah, blah, blah. It's so exciting. As a fan, as a fan who was, like, I got really devoted, like, I was, like, into it, it was damn near unwatchable for me, because I was having heart palpitations, uh, it was just not healthy for me to watch those games. It was a really burly series. Um, I mostly thought it was great, that last game could have gone a different way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, mostly what I want to come out of this World Series experience is that, um, you know, during, maybe during, I don't know if there's any kind of cliff or anything in, in Houston, but if we could just throw Joe Buck and, uh, John, uh, Smoltz, Smoltz off of, uh, some sort of cliff and into the sea, that would be really Oh, helpful. I thought they were okay. Yeah. I, I actually do like Joe Buck. I'm a Joe Buck fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally, what, normally I don't care that much one way or another about Joe Buck, but like that was the most biased announcing in a series of all time. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Um, go ahead, Jimmy. No, go ahead. Come on, come on, come at me. It was fine. It, it was, was not fine. Yes, it was. If the Dodgers, it was nothing. It was nothing but sucking Houston's dick the entire fucking series. I mean, they won. What did you expect? Well, if they... I mean, what I expected was to give the Dodgers some kind of, you know, similar treatment, rather than every time... Why does every... Okay, here's here's my question. Why does everything have to be fair and down the line? Like... it doesn't, but it has to be somewhat like you. You can't just have you can't have announcers rooting for one team. But they weren't. They were. They weren't. I'm okay. I will, I'm sorry you felt that way, but it, it wasn't just me. Well, Dodger fans 
like, fans of one team or another will always feel slighted in that way. I'm sure if you ask Houston fans, they'll say, oh, you know, they spent too much time sucking LA's dick. That's how it is. They're, na they're national announcers. It's, I mean, to me, it's a non-issue. Like, whatever. Is it, like, literally, like, every fucking time Puig or, um, or Turner or anyone would come up to the come up to the plate. It would just be nothing. Uh, or or they would show them in the outfield. Like not having such a great series. Not really hitting them this series. They weren't. Turner, yeah. Puig, not until later. Yeah. I mean, I don't, no. I, don't I mean, know. offense was the uh, offense was was mostly the problem. That and then a couple of a couple of you Darvish appearances. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I still like the guy. I hope he stays and stays a Dodger. Um, Look, man, I mean, you know, but that was just that was probably the worst World Series a pitcher could ever have. And and hey, the Dodgers are known for bad World Series performances by pitchers. Yep. So you know what? And normally, I mean, like you know, like the truth of the matter is that I want to I want to bitch about. Dodger pitching, but it's mostly actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah, um, especially like they don't have that problem that they had, you know, last year and every year before last year of having no mid relievers whatsoever. It's just like you know you have your starting pitcher who's usually pretty good, and then you have Jansen who's usually great. Yeah, and in between, it's a fucking crapshoot yeah. over whether you're going to get. I <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it was a real. I thought it was a really good series. It would have been, yeah. So for game seven, I left work early uh -huh. uh, because of traffic being the way it is. I caught the first inning in my car on the radio, and I that was when Dodgers all of a sudden the Dodgers didn't know how to play defense and they gave up two runs. Yeah. Then I would got home in time for the second inning where George Springer hit that three-run home run off of Darvish, Darvish's last pitch. Yeah. And I turned the TV off, went to Popeye's, bought an eight-piece family meal, and came home. And know, that, that sounds like a lot of chicken? It's a lot of chicken. Okay. I still have some. So... Like, I, I didn't intend it to eat it in one sitting, like, you know. I I probably, I mean, I have no idea how much chicken that is, but yeah. it sounds, because it sounds like a lot, but like, I... It, it is a lot. I eat like a python, basically, mm -hmm. and for those of you who don't know me, I just, I basically will like, consume three pounds of food and then hibernate for eight hours and then go, you know, another 15 or 20 hours without eating and then... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke, it's not... <laughs> So, um, yeah, and so the feeling I got, like, I wasn't mad at the Dodgers. I wanted to be. I wanted to be really pissed off at them and say that they, yet again, they failed. Yet again, they're losers. Um, but no, most of the anger I had was at myself. For caring about anything? I knew, like, I got my hopes up. But I mean, I had this coming but, to me. But that's why we like sports, right? It's because now I'm debating that whether or not you like sports. Yeah, it's left me in a really, really existential conundrum. 
so to speak, because it's just, it's too much. Like, this World Series was just, too, I don't know if I can take it again. And uh, for um, most people, most Dodger fans who say, oh, we'll be back next year, no, you won't. I don't think the Dodgers are making the playoffs next year. We'll see what happens with trades. Yeah. But, you know what, I'm not counting on it. I've learned. I know better, so I'm not going to hope. I mean, it's a good idea not to hope with the Dodgers anyway, because it, like, you know, not that I'm a big believer in jinxes and stuff, but, like, literally the second you admit that the Dodgers are doing okay, like, it's like the Bundy curse. Like, everything fucking falls apart. Yeah. Like... I mean, if you if you'll recall, there was a, there was a period not so long ago where it was just like this team is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the greatest record in in history. They'd have, you know, like they're going to have a record breaking season unless something insane would happen, like they lost what seventeen games in a row or something ridiculous. Yeah, like and that happened. And that's happened. Yeah. So I mean, the Dodgers are one of the most um, unpredictable teams. In baseball, in terms of quality, because you never know what, who you're going to get to show up, and when they're on, they're the they are the best. Yeah. Um, but Houston, you know, like it looked for a second like New York was going to win that series uh, with Houston, and I was I was debating it because it would have been a much less interesting World Series, but the Dodgers would have won. Yeah, no question about it. But it would have been Dodgers Yankees, which is sort of that marquee. Uh, that marquee World Series. Yeah. But, yeah. I was. mean, part of, yeah, the other part is that up until the World Series, at least, like, I didn't have bad feelings towards Houston. I don't have super bad feelings towards the whole team, although, fuck Yuri Garrow. Yeah. But, and even though I'm currently making squinty eyes at Jimmy. <laughs> and I'm currently going to knee him in the ball. No, 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 it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't anything bad, Jimmy. It was just, that's, you know, I was just saying, like, I can never, I can never hit a ball off of you. I was just like, I just never get it. What a stupid cunt face. Jimmy and like, go. seriously. <laughs> and all the cunt faces who like defended him. Okay, so Chinito, I grew up hearing that. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. It's when you get you to could- the gesture, that's when. Yeah. No, that's like, I'm super so, racist. It's super ra- A, it's super racist. Sure, you have freedom of speech, and I have freedom of speech too, and my fist will be my words, you know? No, well, also, the other thing, yeah, by the way, the only thing missing from that World Series was a brawl, and I thought after the fourth uh, batter got hit by a pitch on that last game that we were going to get one. <laughs> oh, that's how many, that's what happened? Oh, did, oh, you, oh, that's right. You were gone for that. No, like he hit Turner twice. Oh, I saw that. The he t- hit he hit Puig. He hit um. Fuck, I can't remember. I think he hit five people with. Bitches. But fucking Justin Turner's right over the plate. So whatever. He wants to get hit. I mean, <laughs> as as uh, white heterosexual men say, he was asking for yeah, it. I don't. I don't know about that. Um. But no, in that case... I mean, case, he got picked, like, right in between the shoulder blades on that second one, too. Yeah, that, that, like, was, that, 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 did, that was a no-grip on the fastball, so that yeah. mean whatever. Which is what I... I mean, yeah, that's what I... That, like, there was a lot of talk about the balls, too, in the... And in it the wasn't series. satisfying I mean, because none of them fit in my mouth. <laughs> did you try? Have you ever tried to... Have you ever tried to... Yeah. Throw out a baseball? 
Yeah. How far did you get? Not far, because my... I you got, like, little teeth jaw. like I do, though. You figured you'd be kind of good at it. Yeah, but I can't unhinge my jaw that far. Yeah? Yeah. Can you relax your tongue? <laughs> yes. Yeah, can you do that? Can you do, like, like to... Like, I learned how to do that to learn how to drink shots, which is, like, you let, you relax your tongue and you just let the fucking liquor flow down flow your throat. Down, yeah. Like, it's hard, and you can't do more than a shot with it, as I learned to my great displeasure. <laughs> but it does teach you how to relax your tongue. Oh, and the other things get relaxed, too. Um, yeah, so that was that, that mess. Um, so no baseball. We can move on with our lives, how sad and pathetic they may be. Yeah, I mean, like, it kind of gave us focus for a little bit. And it's also, I mean, there's, there's a good and bad side to the Dodgers not winning. The bad side is that the Dodgers didn't win, and I really, really wanted to see them go the distance. Mm-hmm. The good side is that if they'd gone the distance, my guess is that tickets would have gone up, like, 30% next year. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, I mean, a few years ago... It was after, I think it was the first year of the new ownership. And granted, like, I was, since I was working at Stockroom, I was getting, like, a, like, Ellie Weekly was basically, like, fucking offering me stuff. And Green and Ryan had season mm-hmm. tickets that they were in Paris for, for a bunch of. So I ended up, yeah. I just ended up going to, like, a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. I mean, you wrote about yeah, the Dodgers. So, so, you know, it's a lot, like, it's a lot of fun to go to a lot of baseball games. Yeah. But it's sort of like going to Disneyland where it, like, really, it strips away all of the romanticism you have about, <laughs> really does. about the game if you go, if you go, like, 15 times in one year. It's just like, and that does happen with the Disneyland, too. Like, you go to Disneyland and it's like, the first, the first time is magical. And then if you go over the course of a year more than two or three times, it's just like, it's, it's like going to visit your grandparents. You're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many people here. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, next year. I'll probably um, go to more games, and I'll see if I can get as invested as I was in October. Um, but, yeah. We're, we're bummed. I guess that's safe. That's a safe assumption to make. Yeah. A lot of people in Los Angeles are bummed. I really, I mean, more than even the Dodgers as a franchise, I, with a, with the exception of Clayton Kershaw, I really fucking want to see Yasiel Puig get a World Series. Right? Yeah. Because, like, like there is no one else who has been as in current baseball who has been as mistreated by oh yeah the by the mainstream media as Puig has the fake media fake, fake news, fake news. <laughs> it's not i mean it's not that it's just the kind of like the yeah, i no. mean there is this there is a very strong current in baseball of the baseball traditionalists who, oh, yeah. who are the fucking worst do you know how often when Puig first came up i had to tell my fellow media members Dude, he just swam in the fucking Gulf of Mexico, like, six months ago. Give the guy a break. So he wants a chick's phone number in the stands. Let him. But... What's it hurting? I mean, you never know. There could be Cuban assassins coming after Puig. Are are Dodger fans safe in right field pavilion? (laughs) <laughs> Plashke said something else stupid this year. I mean, or the, during the series, and I can't remember. Things. I can't remember what it. There was one that was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" 
No, but it wasn't just. But that's still the stupidest thing I think he's ever said. It wasn't just said. him. It was it was other people. Oh, it's a lot of and other people. I'm just like, dude, but, like. But well, Plasky is a Dodgers writer. Like that's the thing that's insane to me. Is like Plasky is like. I mean, he's just he's the worst. But he's all he's also a lot of fun to read. Yeah. So, anyhow, that's a that's the end of our baseball talk. Moving on to other things. Uh, so all of Jimmy's, uh, all of, all of Jimmy's content for, uh, you know, proving that he did things for almost, you know, seven years. Yeah. Almost, a, almost a decade, uh, were wiped. Not quite. It's back up. It is back up now. It is back up now. But yeah, when I heard, um, that Joe Ricketts, hum, owner of the Cubs, by the way, yeah. and TD Ameritrade, Decided to shut down Gothamist and DNA Info um, on Thursday. Why, why did he do that? Huh? Why did he do that? Because the employees last week voted to unionize. Fuck Joe And the $2.1 billion billionaire um, decided, no, I'm going to take, I'm going to shut everything down, wipe everything clean, and take my wads and wads of cash home. There's basically no such thing as a freelance market anymore. No. At this point. And so, if rich people wonder why we want to kill them, or hope for them just to suffer a lifetime of being forced to suck clap-encrusted dicks, um, that's a good example why. I'm not sure how your new economy is... Your- planning on making that work, but I'm very curious about how sucking clap-infested dicks is going to be a thing in the future. Well, I just think the, I just, oh, it's like a punishment. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do <laughs> it. I have standards, Brandon. I mean, we have penicillin. Yeah, but now we have the penicillin resistant, resistant clap. clap. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the syphilis monster. Oh God. Remember syphil, the syphil, the syphilis sore. Yes. <laughs> it's <the> back. <laughs> <laughs> it's making a comeback. Everything is so retro now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he shut, so he shut everything down Thursday. And what got me very upset was that with that, all of our archives were taken down. Yeah. So although I had saved most of my stories that I had written for Elias, which turns out to be exactly 2000. Um, Which is impressive. That's, that's a lot about first, yeah, over seven years. That's quite a lot. But of, still, I mean, but the fact that there's some of no it's proof, some of it's even readable. Some of it is readable. Very few, but it is some of it is readable. No, but I mean, the fact that there's there would be no proof that it ever existed or got published I, that just really infuriated me. Well, and to to. And so, to take that, to take that for one second though, because while, while it's true on, on the end of the LAS, it wouldn't exist. Um, uh, web archive, the Wayback machine. Yeah. Um, does, doesn't preserve everything, but it does preserve a lot of stuff and did, they had pretty much everything that was on any of the, uh, Gothamist sites and, uh, yeah, and and, uh, and a couple of the people who were who are instrumental in that, Parker Higgins specifically, um, had had uh, floated offers for any any authors who 
needed help getting their stuff mm-hmm. uh, to either send them web archive links or to uh, or to uh, offer PDFs, which I thought was super fucking cool. Yeah, no, that really was cool. No, so um, but then we got word that. Uh, the web engineers at Gothamist had, uh, had all of the backups. And so it would, and it would be preserved in one way or another. So then that anger just sort of simmered down to just sadness to what, cause when I started there 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I can't believe it's been a decade, but it was a, it was just so much fun cause it was just a bunch of us writers led by tony pierce just going around la just writing just writing about bullshit you know just whatever struck our fancy but that's how that job should be kind of yeah and it was just and it was a completely because aside because at the time aside from tony and um and zach who was the assistant editors none of us got paid this was all a labor of love um and so we were, and so everything that was written on that website was, I think you can see the passion that came out of every story from, from especially that time period from two, 2006 to like 2008 or 2009. Like we, we wanted people to know about LA, to experience LA and just, yeah, and just expose like, everything about the city and why we love it so much. So it's, um, so a bunch of us writers just sort of like on Facebook and whatnot, we're just sort of just mourning that time and just what LA is meant to all of us. And, and so we're going to get together sometime this coming week and just sort of like properly get together. But I mean, Separately from the whole Gothamist uh, publishing aspect of it, like, that was also a really cool time to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, yes. Compared to now, especially, like, the last few years have really made me not... There's still a lot about the city that I love, but it's mm-hmm. become increasingly frustrating to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, traffic is much worse. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot more people. There's a lot... It's a lot harder to go out and do things than it used to be because, like, you'll be like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And if there's no bar for entry, like, if it's, you know, if it's a free event or it's an event that, do- that doesn't require an RSVP or something mm-hmm. or requires an RSVP, but they don't put a limit on how many people can RSVP, like, you're never getting in. Uh, like, you can get there an hour and a half early and there will be no chance of you getting into two events. Like, I've had it happen. And... To get there an hour and a half early, you have to leave four hours before your fucking thing happens. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's become increasingly frustrating to live here. But, like, at the time, yeah, it was chronicling. Them and The Weekly were both chronicling a lot of the stuff that made living there, like, cool. And they were paying people. Like, I knew a lot of people who, after 2000, you know, right around 2010... Uh, 2011, uh, they started really cutting back at the LA Weekly too, mm-hmm. and stopped paying as much for articles or for uh, for online content. Um, but there's no like unless you are writing, you know, twenty to thirty pieces or more per mm-hmm. week for them, you couldn't make a living. Oh yeah, it? no, all of this like all of this was just a total labor of love, and yeah, it was. 
So that's, so that's what sort of, uh, took over. Um, I had one person, uh, comment, well, you know, he's a billionaire. He owns it. He can do what he wants. And that's fine. That's fine. Who said that? On Twitter or on Facebook? On Facebook. So it's someone you know? Yeah. Do you know where they live? <laughs> yeah. And right. I said, and I said, well, you know what? I have every much of a right to be pissed off and want him to suck clapping crusted dick for the rest of his life. But it's also, I mean, like that pretends like somehow fucking making a billion dollars is separate from living yeah. in the society that we've this agreed is, to live in together. Yeah. The, the that somehow like, they're like, oh, well, he has a billion dollars. He can fucking hunt people yeah. for sport (laughs) well no that's the dumbest fucking argument no and the fact that we're putting we're placing a lot of emphasis on on bottom lines and profits rather than the art itself then you know it just it really makes makes me mad and this is what happens when you you have an industry you well this is what happens when you have to rely on capitalism to save the arts kind of i mean i like what i'll give you is that that's what rely that's what you that's what happens when you have to rely on capitalism in the society that we have built mm-hmm. to to save the arts it actually worked decently well for a long time because there was some kind of control on both reproduction and just sort of the vast array of, for lack of a better term, content that Mm -hmm. is available. Now, you know, if you, first of all, everyone, like so many people use ad blockers that it's almost impossible to figure out what ad revenue should be. Yeah. And even then as someone who's, you know, worked, with impressions and uh and clicks and all that kind of uh economy i don't buy it at all i don't think it's viable i don't necessarily think the other market was you know the other uh method was viable either having you know ads in magazines but at least it kind of worked yeah i mean and at least it paid for stuff yeah this doesn't pay for anything no um and there's so much like there's so many people there's so many people who are willing to, you know, let HuffPo share their stories without giving them any money for mm-hmm. it, uh, or publish something on Medium uh, in hopes that it will land them a different gig, which is happening less and less. Yeah. That you know that there's there's just no budget for anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I know a ton of people who are like some of the most talented writers I know are going begging because there's just there's nowhere to write for. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why awful. that's why I'm back at Hulu. Um, so were you, try- were you looking for writing gigs oh, for yeah. a while? Yeah. Um, so anyhow, so moving on from that, because the archives are back up, and I didn't know exactly how much of my stuff I had saved, because um, I know some of the older stuff weren't. So now I'm going back in there to like download and just like take everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just came upon this little short nugget. I think this is the fifth piece I wrote. I think I need to do that with my newsletter, by the way. Like I have a bunch of them yeah. too, but I need to make download sure that I have. Yeah. yeah. Because that's all at the behest of a major corporation yeah. that could just decide not to do that anymore at any point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, here, here's a piece from April 7th, 2007. 
um, entitled "Titles Are Overrated: Giants Suck," in in all caps, "Giants Suck." Brad Penny is the man of my dreams. Okay, not really, but any man who can pitch seven scoreless innings to beat the San Francisco Giants two to one on the road deserves a little nookie, right? He got the win despite giving up 10 hits, which is unusual for a power pitcher who relies on getting strikeouts. He only got 1K. I've never seen the fiery penny so in control of his off-speed pitches. My jaw dropped so much while watching this game, I think it actually became unhinged. Funny, now I can't unhinge my jaw. Um, he got the win despite the horrible outfield play by Viejito, Luis Gonzalez, and Juan Pierre. Yes, they were on the Dodgers and in the same outfield together once upon a time. Uh, the former notched an error on a fly ball by the poster child of steroids, and Pierre totally misplayed a double to center field by Rich Aurelia. Oh my god, these are old, old names. Yes, these people did play baseball. I did see them play before once my Once they eyes. walked the earth. Yeah. He got the win because of his patience and reliance of the strong uh, defense of the infield. Ramon Martinez in the lineup because of a preseason injury to shortstop Rafael Fercal, and made some spectacular Aww. plays in the bottom of the fifth inning. Fercal. Yeah, blah, 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 there's more. Uh, let's see, uh, with Pedro Feliz on first, Randy Wynn hit a double to left field. Viejito threw it to Martinez with all of his might. I seriously thought he was going to pop his shoulder. With Feliz charging to home plate, Martinez fired a perfect throw to my boyfriend, Russell Martin at the time, uh, getting the out and saving the one nothing lead. Speaking of my boyfriend, he made a statement to all of baseball in the first two innings. In both innings with a runner on first, Bochy sent the runners to steal second. In both cases, my boyfriend threw them out. After that, no giant attempted a steal. In the grand scheme of things, it's only one game against a team that's as old as time itself. But to get a victory against the hated Giants in their home field always results in such elation that even I would be willing to go down on Tubby. And isn't that the only thing that really matters in this world? I mean, that seems like a very naive thought from that many years ago, that it would that every time we beat the Giants on their home field, that it would be cause for elation. Because we do that a lot now. Not just this season, either. Yeah. We tend to win. I think we we have a winning record at, Can, at Candlestick or whatever it is, AT and T Park, the Telegraph Stadium. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, that's what it was it, like. It was interesting to watch. Uh, what's what's it called now? Minute Maid Park. Yeah, because all, yeah, all I can think of is it's Enron Field yeah. with its weird fucking hill in the back. As a uh, as Puig said, <laughs> fucking baby park. <laughs> well, at least it doesn't like. So it used to have this fucking weird ass like gra the grassy knoll or whatever. Yeah, Tells Hill. Yeah, with the flag with the flagpole in the middle of the fucking playing yeah. field. Yeah, like the worst idea. Well, no, because uh, the Yankee Stadium used to do that back in the day. The uh, Monument Monument Park. Yeah, used to be in the middle of center field. Yeah, so that was part of the field of play, which was um, uh, crazy. All right, we, didn't we say we were not going to talk about baseball yeah, anymore? But we, but we talked about Elias, and like I just, I uh, just thought about you know going back ten years ago. But I mean, it's, like the media landscape is dangerous right now. It is. It's. 
I mean, it, it's it's sad and dangerous. Like every every good publication, basically every publication that I, or not everyone, but the vast majority of the ones that I read that aren't run by old money endowments mm-hmm. um, have just gone away. Uh, Grantland was shuttered for fuck. Who knows why Grantland was shuttered? Bill Simmons. Bill but, Simmons was he, he, to but leave. he'd gone, but he'd left like a year before that. Yeah, and after that, it just sort of went down. With, with I didn't feel like staring at. I actually didn't feel that way. Um, I thought there were still a lot of really good writers there. A lot of really good. I mean, there was Grantland always had that problem of not ever being. You know, like it was never like you want to read every single thing on Grantland, but usually at least once once a week or twice a week, there was something good on there. Um, Someone's breaking into a car right now. The, the dangerous streets of San Pedro, which, you know, I'm sort of glad because my area won't get gentrified. <laughs> it's, it's cute that you believe that. Like, have you been into San Pedro proper? Yeah. Like, I'm on the northwest end. I'm on the border with the Palos Verdes, so it's sort of a little posh up in this. But it's, but it's cute that you think that everything within a hundred miles of Los Angeles is not going to be gentrified by the end of, you know, the next 15, 20 years. Oh, no, I'm just saying my little this little Inclu- area. Including here. Like I said, everything within 100 miles of L.A. is going to be like like a, a hip neighborhood to live in in L.A. They tried. They tried in San Pedro. It yeah, but it's a different... Miserably. But it's a different time. Have you looked at what the fucking rent is like in L.A.? Yes, that's why I'm staying here. Right. I just got but my... That's, but that's also why people like me are probably moving here in the not-too-distant future. Well, no, the rent is the rent is ridiculous here in San Pedro, too. Yeah, but it's better than L.A. Uh, it is. Okay. I don't know. I, just, I refuse to look at the rental market. Yeah. I mean, as well, you should. It's depressing as hell. Yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> what else did you want to talk about? You um, said you want to talk about TV. I want to talk about Stranger Things a little bit, okay. just because I can't remember if we talked about the first season. I feel like we did a little bit, yeah. but like, but just to recap it, I thought it was good. It was okay. So, there's this problem that I have with Stranger Things, which is that it's not totally terrible. No, but. It also starts off with a really strong premise and then just like kind of doesn't do very much with it. No. Um, and, and most of it seems to be devoted to a, like lining the pockets of people who license eighties music Mm -hmm. because the soundtrack is ridiculously overstuffed with music that doesn't from a, from a mood point of view and from a, from a narrative point of view makes no sense where it is. Um, someone pointed out the new season, which takes place in October of 1984, uh, opens with a montage set to Oingo Boingo's Just Another Day. No. It does. No. But, as Jimmy is no doubt aware, Just Another Day came out in October of 1985 on the Dead Man's Party album. It was a single in 1986. (laughs) So... There's no way that they're play like and look that's a minor that's a minor quibble like uh, anachronistic music choices there were a bunch of them in the first season too um they they redid a couple of them um 
it's basically like so it just it feels like it feels like 80s nostalgia for people who really weren't there particularly or who were too old to be sort of part of that um you know like early 80s thing who are you know like who are like already kind of adults in their early 80s and it's like oh it's kind of cool to see kids riding around on bikes and talking on walkie talkies um it's not a good show yeah all it is strangers things all it is is a bunch of nostalgia and but it's not even i mean it's not even just nostalgia it is straight up taking disparate elements from different uh 80s movies sci-fi and teen and mashing them up so that there and there's no real center to it, mm-hmm. um, which is frustrating. Yeah, because again, like the same exact thing happened this season that happened last season, which is the first couple episodes are okay, not you know like they have some real problems with them, but they're not the worst thing ever. Then there's a couple of really good episodes. Um, and then they fuck off for like four episodes, and then there's the last couple are. are are, have like some stuff in them, but the pacing is all over the place. If that show is edited down to either a two-part movie or miniseries that was three to four hours long, it would be really good. Um, it would still have a lot of issues that would that would frustrate me, but pacing would not be one of them anymore. Um, the way it's paced is insane. It doesn't have it. It's too. It's too quick to be a regular TV show and it's way too slow to be what it is. Like, I still haven't watched uh, the second season of Stranger Things. Um, I'm sort of, I'm sort of repulsed by it a little because just seeing the people who have watched it so far, it just, it's like, those are the same people who love pumpkin spice. I mean, for, so for me, like, like they just all look way too basic. And you know what? I know that I'm turning basic as I'm as I'm steamrolling into forty. Yeah. Uh, because I'm now listening to Britney Spears by choice. Um, but Britney's kind of good. Yeah, but I hated. I couldn't listen to her when in her heyday, like from '99. Okay, so so let's yeah, well, let's let's talk a little bit about Britney, because like early Britney is pop, and it's kind of whatever. It's it's. It's not very good. Later, Britney is kind of fucking great, honestly. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And so, and I, and the sea change, always, ever since her, like, her manic episode, um, and her getting through that, I've always, I've always held her in high esteem, especially for that. I've always kind of just, like, just in general, I always kind of felt like, felt that way about her just because she really was like a kid. Like she's like a child star yeah, who grew up and then like went through a really fucking tough time in like a really fucked up situation and then kind of came out the other end and was, she's doing well. And is a, and is a a super successful artist. Like her Vegas, her Vegas show is like wildly popular. It's supposed to be great. Um, I think I might go see it if it's still in town. Yeah, maybe in January. I wouldn't. I might. I might be into that actually. Because I'm. Because I'm taking my uh, cousin for her thirty third birthday to Vegas. We're gonna rent a suite at the Cosmopolitan. And I so, love that hotel. Yeah, it's they. They have one of the better buffets, which would um, which have doesn't you been to apply that hotel? to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so their buffet, they also include a bone marrow. Yeah. So I mean, not, really, not really my thing. It's not your thing, but but yeah. that casino is fucking cool. Like that hotel casino complex is what. Like at least like when I went five or six years ago, yeah. when it had just or whenever it had just opened. Yeah. Um, no, it's nice. I, I like it. Well, the weirdest, like, so the weirdest thing is I happened to, so I, the reason I went to the Cosmopolitan there is we were in town for AVN. Uh, uh-huh. I was with Stalker. Yeah. We were in town for AVN. And, um, and we're staying over at the Paris and like, like one of my, uh, you know, one of my friends I see on, had checked in on Foursquare at the Cosmopolitan. And I'm like, Hey, were you, are you in Vegas? He's like, yeah, I'm here with Best Coast. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, is Best Coast playing? He's like, yeah, they're playing at the, uh, at the, this little stage off of the casino in, um, in, at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Like, so they're playing like one of those like tiny, like, like it's basically like the size of this apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right off the casino, like doing like three shows a night, like uh-huh. a floor show. And this is after the album had hit. Like, I don't know if they uh-huh. booked it, you know, a year in advance or something, uh-huh. but it was like, it was fucking insane. Oh wow! Because there were only like there were like ten people there, <laughs> and oh they sh- and they did like they yeah they did like three shows a night for like three or four nights. It was it was just it was the weirdest thing, but um yeah. So but that yeah, the hotel is like super hip, super fun. Uh, it has the chandelier bar, which is great. Oh yeah. Um. So, but yeah, Brittany. Yeah, Brittany. Uh, yeah. So like a, but I, no, I really do think I'm starting to become more basic. But so, uh, so, so going back to, to Stranger, Stranger Things for one second, cause like my, my objection is not just that it's, that the people who like it are kind of dumb. Cause I know a lot of people who I, who I, I think have good taste who really love the show. But the criticism with people who criticize the show tends to be like, well, you just don't like it because it's popular and you don't like, you know, popular things. And that is absolutely not true. Like, I love some popular shit. I just also, like, if something is that well-regarded in the, you know, like, in the world, it needs to be high quality. Yeah. Like, it needs to be, you know, like, look, like, overall, if you showed a random sampling of people, like, a hundred people from all over the country, uh, Twin Peaks The Return. 95% of them, 95 of them would be like, what the fuck did you make me watch? Mm-hmm. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Those other five people are my friends. Yeah. And like, and I love them. Yeah. But if, you know, like if you show like, like a hundred people, stranger things and like 60 of them are like, that's pretty damn good. Like it doesn't mean that it's not good. It just means that like when you watch it and you're just like, wait, this is, you know, like there are a lot of problems here. If you don't have those problems, like, more power to you. If you like Stranger Things and can't get over it, like, fucking, that's great. Like, I just want it to be a better show. That's all I want. And it felt like this time they had sort of the opportunity to do that, and they just kind of didn't do anything. Uh, there's also a lot of fucking. It's like the gender. A lot of fucking? There's not a lot of fucking. There's a little bit of fucking. The gender stereotypes are bad. Like,. So okay, so while we while Brandon won't fault you for liking Stranger Things, I think I will fault you if you like This Is Us. <laughs> I mean, I've never I I saw a trailer for that show and was like, nope, never watching this. This is this looks like the worst shit of all time to me. And I'm sure that there are people who love it, but it looks garbage to me. Uh, Did you have you actually watched it? No, 
Uh, someone had written, I forget, I forget the quote, who said this quote, but they said, um, this is the show America deserves. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So that's it. That's it. We're done. Stick a fork in us. Um, you can, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, I think. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, the, the B&J Podcast. Uh, what else is there? Our website a, is... The newsletter is on hiatus for right now until I stop being so goddamn depressed that I yeah. can't write anything. Yeah. Um, but it is... It, like, since I know my mom listens to this and we don't actually ever talk about the newsletter, like, I like I will say, like, the newsletter is actually... I'm planning on bringing it back. Probably not every day of the week, mm-hmm. but it, just because that was really starting to tax me. Yeah. Um, no, I understand, like, I've just started, uh, writing things again, so I understand the whole depression, just not wanting to do anything. It's been really, I mean, honestly, like, like, the last few months has been the least productive depression I've, I think I've yeah. ever had in my life, yeah. where, like, I just, I have not wanted to do a goddamn thing. Um. Yeah, no, I hit a really bad patch, um... Actually, when I was flying back from Portland, it sort of things just sort of hit me. It's also, I mean, it's a lot since I don't have like a job where I have to go uh-huh. in and show up, you know, for things, and like have been, you know, kind of like not working very much at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you have to actually, if you have to actually like show up somewhere, it, it can be. It's very frustrating, but it can also be a lifesaver in terms of not letting you just sort of spiral further, further. Down. Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying, like. You know, like, I keep, like, sort of, like, like half-skidding out and, and you know, being like, all right, like, I need to just get my shit together. But it's really hard to get your shit together when you're, you're in the like, middle why, of it. And you're just like, why bother? Yeah. Like, you know, like... No, I totally know. And it's, like, and, you know, like, it's, like, like, it sounds really sort of, like, lazy and selfish, but, and I, like, the worst part of that is that it kind of makes you feel that way, too. Mm-hmm. But it's also just been, like, fucking miserable yeah and hopefully i'm like finally starting to bounce out of that a little bit but it will help a lot if i like i'm right now i'm trying to find um some kind of office job mm-hmm. or something that will at least get me out of the house for yeah. a few hours a week because like i just i need and get me some money because like both of those things are things that i need yeah. really bad so if you see me stuffing groceries in in a bag somewhere give them a tip <laughs> don't give me a tip just kill me <laughs> just kill me um so we'll leave this podcast with a new song by uh this band called grendel they have a new album out called age of the disposable body the song is called far away so we will uh talk to you guys again soon yeah toodles bye
Dance.